All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're watching Oilers Nation every day with Heather Remshack. Your one-stop shop for all things Oilers. Refresh, 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 refresh. Uh, who am I kidding? He's not clearing. Let's get into it with the lead. I should have taken a can of soup and poured it out. That would have been a good lead. I always come up with my best ideas when it's too late. Uh, welcome into Oilers Nation every day live from the Sports Closet Studio and live on the Oilers Nation YouTube, which is the home of the Finning Cat YouTube chat. And Tyler Mulick is in with the first comment. He says, longtime listener, first time caller, false. Uh, I'll have a question and hang up to listen. Holland has generally helped this roster, but when is he going to be held accountable for the massive errors he's made? The answer to that is when he's not brought back for a second contract. Uh, he also says, if we look at St. Louis and don't get Verana, I'm mad. There's a lot to get to. There's a lot to get to. Why are we talking about trade possibilities in the St. Louis Blues? We'll talk about that in a little bit. Is there a goalie trade out there? We'll talk about that in a little bit. Has Jack Campbell cleared waivers? Yes. Jack Campbell cleared waivers. Uh, we were keeping Liam locked up until we got official word that soup had cleared, but now we can free him from his cage. Liam, mm. welcome into the program. How stunned are you? Jack Campbell cleared waivers. Uh, yeah, it's... It's a mystery to me why none of the other 31 teams wanted to pay that guy five and a half million bucks for the next four years. But hey, we we live to fight another day. We do. Um, also, apologies. I look really dark, don't I? You look fine. I don't know. I'm not happy with my studio today, Tyler, if I have to be completely honest. This was... Uh, well, 
I pushed it to the limits today. I, I didn't get ready early enough, but I think this is the last time you'll see me in this studio. Ooh, teasing a new studio. Shout out to Sports Closet. Ooh, spooky. Uh, all right, let's <laughs> dig in. I'm gonna try to get my light turned up here. We'll see if uh, we'll see if that can work. Um, Frank Cervalli's gonna stop by in like seven minutes. He's gonna join the show very, very early. Yeah. So there's two knobs. You just gotta turn one of them up. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Frank Cervalli's gonna stop by in seven minutes to join this very professional Oilers talk show. Thank you. Mm. That looks way better. Way better. You're a great production assistant. You know. Oh, you're actually talking to someone. I thought. Oh you were yeah, just my girl. Around. I texted my girlfriend, told her to come down and try to figure out the light. So I look a little bit brighter, thankfully. Um, mm. But that's why you always have extra hands on deck. Uh, I want to rely on the Finning Cat YouTube chat today. I want to give you guys a chance to say how you're feeling and throw some ideas out here. Like, like let's dig into things. Um, let's talk about some solutions. Yesterday was all about the problems. We know what the problems are on this hockey team. Let's try to figure out where they go from here. Where are the next steps for this Oilers team? Tyler Mulek, he got like the first four comments of the day. He was in here very early. He's grinding. He said, would Dubis be interested in a Jari for Campbell swap? I would make the call. Considering Dubis didn't want to sign Jack Campbell to that five-by-five deal when he was the starting goalie on the Leafs and Dubis was the GM, I doubt he'd have any interest in any sort of a reunion. Also, Pittsburgh's kind of got to make the playoffs and Kristen Jari is a much better goalie than Jack Campbell. So I'm not sure if Pittsburgh would be interested in Campbell plus, plus, plus for Jari. I, that doesn't, that's not one of those guys who's, who's attainable. I don't think anyone's interested in Jack Campbell. I think people would mm-hmm. be interested in the parts that would be added to that deal more or less. Right. Like, and also, like you said, like, Pittsburgh are trying to, and in somewhat of a similar spot to Edmonton where they have this good core of players, but they've not been able to build well enough around them, but they're still trying to push for the playoffs and make it seem like the window is alive. Edmonton, obviously, yeah. a little bit further ahead of their timeline. But yeah, I uh, I don't see Pittsburgh as a destination, but we're obviously going to get into plenty of other goaltenders. And apparently Jack out, Jake Allen is another one on the table. Uh, yep. Carter Hart, Kim put in our uh, Facebook chat there too, along with Jordan Binnington. We've got all the names out here, Tyler. Trade season has begun. Are we a month into the season yet? Crazy times. Well, that is the topic of today's Sherwood Ford giant question of the show. It's brought to you by Sherwood Ford the Giant. You can check them out at SherwoodFord.ca. Browse their huge inventory of new and used vehicles or check out their fantastic service department. Also, Sherwood Power Sports and Marine. More on them in just a second. The giant question, Liam, is... What goalie can Ken Holland go out and acquire? Now, our insider, Frank Saravalli, will swing by in a little bit. He will give us his take and maybe just tell us how realistic this giant question is. But you ran through a few of the names there. Jordan Binnington is one. Reed Wilkins reporting on his show on 630, Chad, that the Oilers have had interest in him. His numbers so far this season are good. St. Louis has a clear heir apparent in Joel Hofer. That's a guy they believe in a lot. They think Joel Hofer will be their starter for the next decade. So if they think they can get something for Bennington, bring in Campbell as their backup, get some picks in the process, maybe they'd be somewhat interested in this. Here are the hurdles you need to clear. Jordan Bennington makes $6 million against the cap. Jack Campbell makes five. So if those two are in the deal, Edmonton still needs to throw in a little bit more to make the money of it work. The other thing is how many future assets are you willing to attach to get this deal done. And I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. Do you, is Jordan Biddington an upgrade on him? Absolutely. Yeah. Is this the guy 
that you trade a first round pick in Philip Broberg along with Jack Campbell, maybe even more than that. Do you package up three good future assets to get out of Campbell and bring in Bennington? I probably, I mean, they're in a spot now where their hands are so tied. They might have, that might be the only way, right? And I mean, like I know Bennington, we all know what he is. He's a, he's a bit crazy to say the least, but on his day, he's a very good goaltender, but on his worst days, not that good at the same time, right? But this is a guy who has won a Stanley Cup before. And I know that was a while ago now, but those numbers, those numbers are pretty good on a St. Louis team. That's in a retooling stage too, but I'd like to throw, throw an idea your way, Tyler. Yeah. To make the money work, I wonder if St. Louis would be more interested in taking a couple of picks. So say it's say it's a first and a third, fourth, whatever. It's something in the mid round. Mm-hmm. There, you obviously Jack Campbell has to be in this deal to work. I wonder if you could just get like a Matthias Yamark in there or something like that. That's like that extra million makes the money work. St. Louis gets a decent bottom six forward. He's out of the box at the end of the season too. Like rather than having a Broberg, who's a bit more of a project for them, they can build their own projects with the draft picks they can accumulate from Edmonton. I mean, maybe I think another issue here is that St. Louis only has $281,000 in cap space. So the, the cap, like it needs to line up basically perfectly. And the issue with Yanmark is you then have to replace a spot on the roster, right? So that also complicates things a little bit more. Are you going to run with the bare minimum for the whole season? Have a ton of games where you're short because of this? I don't know. Are you willing to throw in, you know, could you do Warren Fogle and then you take back, like, I'm just looking at players on their team that don't make that much, like Alexei Torpchenko. Do you add more, swap Fogle for Torpchenko, and then boom, the money, like, basically dead on lines up? Maybe. Maybe, but it, it's just tough because Bennington's so expensive. One name that got thrown into the chat here from Tanner Dorian, no relation to Pierre, mm. I believe. Um, mm. He said, Allegedly. What about San Jose and Mackenzie Blackwood? San Jose has $35 million in cap space next year. They'd take him for futures. Now, here's where I think San Jose Sharks are a very, very interesting possibility. One, clearly in a rebuild, they're hot garbage. Two, they've already eaten up two of their retained cap spot. Remember, you can only retain three contracts. They got Burns for this year and next. They have Carlson after that. If they want to continue this teardown, and keep in mind, the teardown hasn't been going good in San Jose because they traded Burns for basically nothing. And they have one conditional first-round pick from the Pittsburgh Penguins, and it's top 10 protected. You might not even get it this year. You might have to wait till 2025. They might be itching to go get themselves some first-round picks. And they might be sitting there going, we're rebuilding for the next number of years. Yeah, we don't care about Jack Campbell's contract as long as you're going to make it worth our while. Mackenzie Blackwood at 26 presents a goalie with some upside who, when he's been healthy, has been a guy that a lot of goalie people are very high on. So at 2.35 for Blackwood, would you do something that's based around, I'm retaining half of Campbell if you're Edmonton, I'm getting Mackenzie Blackwood. He's got this year and one more at 2.3. So you're still saving a couple hundred thousand, but you just have to give up a, this is a very professional term I'm about to use, Liam, a balls load of future assets. Would Ken Mm -hmm. Holland part ways with a balls load of future assets to make that deal work? Is Mackenzie Blackwood worth that? I don't know. I don't know, but it was only a few years ago that Mackenzie Blackwood was going to be the starting goaltender for this make-believe Team Canada roster going to the Olympics, right? Like he's he's highly regarded in some people's eyes, and the the trouble is, is the health, right? Like you said, like when he's healthy, he's good, but when he's 
not healthy. He's evidently not playing. And do you want to have two goalies like that again? I just think all these goalies that we're in the market for right now can be just so inconsistent at times. And I wonder, well, you don't need to wonder. It's definitely going to be an upgrade over Jack Campbell. He's not been good yeah. for two seasons now, but it's like the roller coaster isn't necessarily going to end. There might just not be as many loop de loops anymore. It's <laughs> good line. Uh, all right. The Oilers <laughs> are skating today ahead of their game tomorrow. They have an e-bug in net at their skate. Things are going well. Um, and the new <laughs> lines are very interesting. I'll give you a tease for everyone watching. They're going back to the spine, which is an interesting approach that we haven't really Ooh. seen a lot this year. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. We'll get your line combos. But I see our boy Frank Saravalli. He's chomping at the bit to talk about Jack Campbell. He joins us on the Star Mechanical in uh, guest line. You can find out more info about Star Mechanical and everything that makes them the number one plumbing and heating company in Emden by going to starmechanical.ca. We now bring our number one hockey insider onto the show. Frank, have you picked your jaw up off the floor after seeing Jack Campbell cleared waivers? Um, no, it was didn't move. Yeah. Um, I wasn't I was, even surprised to see him hit waivers. Really? Yeah, that, that was going to be my next question. Like, I was surprised a little bit at the timing of it. We joked that it was Stuart Skinner who had the bad night against Vancouver. And then it was like, and Jack, you're going to the minors. Um, but it was time to send a message to this team. And I think on top of giving Campbell a chance to reset, doing this allow or doing this does send a message to that locker room, doesn't it? Well, I think that's really the biggest thing is there was no way to allow the way this unraveled to continue. Yeah. And there's no guarantee that this fixes it or at least even gets it rolling in the right direction, but you have to do something. You can't sit idle. And so, you know, you're right. Jack Campbell, whatever we may think of his game, which isn't much, at least for me, um, he's still an incredibly popular player in that dressing room. The guys really like him. He's usually pretty positive and upbeat and he's by all accounts, a good teammate. So the Oilers were faced with a decision. The goaltending is last in the league statistically, and maybe even by eye test Campbell actually was probably better than Stuart Skinner this year so far as crazy as that sounds. But they knew that they couldn't put Stuart Skinner through waivers because he'd never make it through. Yeah. So the only option to create the cap space to give this team a jolt was to put Campbell on waivers. And now I think he's kind of got a month to figure himself out. And in the meantime, they're hoping that everyone else in that room gets a little pissed off and says, hey, it stinks that Jack Campbell had to pay the price for the rest of us with all the different miscues and poor play that we've had. I don't like seeing anyone pay the price for that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm not sure if, if there even is an answer to this, but is this the end for Campbell in Edmonton? Like, is this a play where they're sending him down and they go, we're done with him. He's staying in the minors all year and we're buying him out as soon as we can this summer. Or is this something where they're hoping he can get his game back? Well, they're definitely hoping he can get his game back. Cause that's the easiest path here. You sign a player to a five-year, $25 million deal, and you're 16 months into it, you were literally banking on him being a rock-solid core piece for this team moving forward. That hasn't been the case almost since day one that he arrived in Edmonton. And I think the tough part now, or the real answer to your question now, is that it relies or lies totally with Jack Campbell. 
how does he play when he gets back to the AHL? He's no stranger to being there. He's sort of had to go and find himself multiple times. I'd argue that I don't think whatever we see from Campbell is a physical thing. I don't think it's a technical thing. I think so much of Campbell's issues are mental. And I don't know if it's possible to fix that in in a one-month stint, but I think they're hoping that away from the glare, away from the spotlight of Edmonton, that he at least has an opportunity to do so. And so I think they're taking a look at this from 30,000 feet and saying, we're in a tough situation. Ideally, we'd have an answer on Jack Campbell and his game kind of by December 1st. And hopefully in the meantime, the team has turned a corner, Campbell's game has turned a corner, and we can swap out Campbell for um, Cal Pickard, and it'll be like nothing ever happened. But if Campbell doesn't play well and doesn't recover, I don't think for one second the Oilers are going to hesitate to pull the trigger and by whatever means necessary end up having to move capital to get him off of their books because that's also standing in the way of whatever other transactions they'd like to make and potentially standing in the way of making the playoffs. If you need to get a better goalie, you're going to have to spend to do it. And they recognize that's going to be expensive. And so the easiest solution for everyone involved is for the solution to be internal. Uh, over the last 24 hours or so, obviously with Campbell now being gone, the, the rumors have gone through the roof, Frank. I'm sure you've heard a lot of them, but Jordan Binnington, Jake Allen, and uh, who's another one, Carter Hart. Like, how aggressively are the Oilers now looking at the goalie market and are any of those targets realistic ones? I don't think they've... Well, I, I know they haven't been aggressive to this point. I think that they've you know, in, in internal conversations have probably been looking at this saying, okay, what would a list potentially look like? And I think the list is probably a lot larger than just some of the names that you mentioned. Um, I personally don't think there are like, I don't, I don't get excited about any of the names that you mentioned, maybe outside of Carter Hart, but Carter Hart also from Edmonton kind of has this whole other thing circling around him with, whatever Hockey Canada investigation may or may not eventually come to light um, that sort of has held up, I think, any discussion that anyone might have had on him. And I just think the Oilers recognize that doing so and getting to that point, it's going to cost them, and they'd prefer, if possible, to keep their powder dry for fixing some of the issues that we see probably in front of us on defense or in the bottom six. The other thing this Jack Campbell decision has done, Frank, is it's totally taken the coaching change talk out of the market, at least for 24 hours. Things have quieted down on that front. Um, I feel, and this is just my gut, this is just me guessing, I feel like they need to win the next two in order for Jay Woodcroft to still be the coach when they return home from the road trip. Is that a fair assessment, or do you think I'm being excessive? No, I don't think you're being excessive. I think at varying points this season, uh, it's been a topic of conversation. I think um, the Oilers would prefer not to in their true heart of hearts. I think they think Jay Woodcroft is a good coach that has not just had some, this team has had bad luck, but really poor performances in front of him. And it can't always be on the coach. Um 
But at the same time, I think the true answer here is that everything's on the table, that the longer this goes on, the more they aren't making up ground, um, that they're going to be in big trouble. And the fact that we're kind of inching closer toward the quarter season mark and at some point here in the very near future, the conversation isn't going to be like home ice is out the window and probably finishing in the top three in your division is likely out the window just based on a pure math perspective. Like we're talking about squeaking into the playoffs the longer this drags on in a season where it was cup or bust, like the failures here are, are epic. So you're talking about the most pressure packed season, probably in Oilers history that they're going to have to try and sift their way through. And the quicker you can get it going, that's in everyone's best interest. And they're just trying to avoid if they can doing anything drastic, but at some point they're going to be left with no choice. Yeah. Certainly feels like we are uh, slowly getting to that point. Last night in Calgary, we saw Jonathan Huberto get sat down for the entire third period here. And it showed an element of accountability. And that word has become a bit of a buzzword here in Edmonton. A lot of people are pointing to the Evan Bouchard turnovers, the fact he basically never gets sat down for a full period. You know, lack of production from some guys high up in the lineup. Big guns never get sat down the way Huberto did. Do you think that's an issue in Edmonton? I've, I've just been talking to people, talking to the fan base. I get a lot of Jay Woodcroft isn't tough enough on tough enough on this team. He lets the inmates run the asylum. Do you think that's part of the issue here? I personally don't. I think you have to let your players play. And I think when you make decisions like that to bench players, this is just my own personal philosophy and opinion is that, it doesn't get easier for them to play. It gets harder because the next thing you're thinking about is making a mistake and being in the same spot again. Right. And so I always think about it like this, like Tyler, you golf, Liam, I'm not, I don't, do you golf? Liam? Yep. Not well, but I golf. So if you're staring at a pond or a lake and you're like, don't hit the ball in the water. Like what's the first thing you do is you hit the ball in the water. Drive it happens down it, the middle. It's uncanny how that happens. Yeah. So you're thinking about, all the things that could go wrong. And all that does is ratchet up the attention and the pressure on you to not do the same thing that you just did. And so I think personally players play at their best when this is a game of mistakes. You know that mistakes are going to be made and you have the freedom and flexibility to do what you do best. And so that's kind of, it brings us back to Huberto and I'm never going to knock a coach for sitting him out because he felt like his team was in a better position to win. And sometimes that's required, but we talked about this on daily face off live today. Now what he's in the first year of an eight year deal, paying him $84 million. How do you put the pieces back together? Do you sit him out for a whole game? Do you play him until the wheels fall off at 24 minutes? It's easy to say, and it's easy It's easy to do, I think, but then you're left with, now how do we fix this? And I think the Oilers should be in solution mode instead of sitting back and saying, let, let me just staple Evan Bouchard, our guy who could probably have 75 points this year, to the, to the bench for what? Yeah, and I've always said another issue is that 
you know, they're down in these games, they're trailing 4-2, and it's like, who? what defenseman gives you the best chance of hammering a puck into the back of the net? It's Bouche. Which forwards give you the best chance of coming back in a game? It's guys like Nuge earlier in the season, even a guy like Kane. So, I don't know. Liam, you had another one? I think I got a couple more for you, Frank, quickly. Um, so, obviously, there's more than the goaltending issue in Edmonton. So, would there be a possible address to the forward group that isn't scoring very well or potentially a defenseman coming in? Or are the Oilers just kind of hoping this just changes themselves too? Well, I I do think there's a part of it that they're saying, I, I hope this is a lightning rod for everyone. I think I framed it yesterday as a lightning rod up everyone's ass. Um, and potentially it is, but I'll, I'll go back to the same answer I had for you with Jay Woodcroft. I think truly everything is on the table. I think mm -hmm. you have an owner in Daryl Cates who is really impatient and, you know, he probably wanted, if we're being honest, probably wanted heads to roll five games ago. Uh, we're dealing with a, um, a general manager and Ken Holland, who by nature is very patient. And we're also dealing with the unknown in, in CEO of hockey ops, Jeff Jackson, who is new to the role, new to this position, running a front office, but knows all of the pressures around and the realities of the start that they've had that I think there's a lot of things to sort of unpack there in terms of trying to actually predict what the Oilers do next. I'd say, you know, the first step after this one would be the coaching change. And then you'd be looking at more seismic moves, but that's just how I would stack it up right now. Really quickly. Do you think they can change things? Like, do you think this group is now capable of doing it after the start they've had? Because uh, what was it? Monday after Vancouver, it, it felt like a low seeing McDavid, Drysaddle, Hyman in the box at the same time. Woodcroft walked down the tunnel and it's a frustrating time, obviously, but do you think this team is more than capable of it right now? I do. I, I haven't lost faith in that part of it. I think we all universally think, and, and when I say we all, I say media, I say you guys, the fan base, GMs, agents, coaches that I talk to, everyone's like, why have they been this bad? And then you watch the first period when they're the first 12 minutes of it, at least when they're up 19 to two in shots and playing almost a perfect game. There's a mental component to this, the fragility that's existed with this team. That is certainly concerning. I do think there's a physical aspect to this, something about McDavid and Dreisaitl. I don't know if it's physical injury, energy, whatever it might be. That part hasn't been right. Um, and I, I think this group collectively, we've seen them at their best, almost the same exact team. Why wouldn't they be able to duplicate or replicate some small part of that? You don't need to be the 14-0-1 team that ran through the league to close out the regular season. How about just like the 105-point team that we saw for you know, the vast bulk of last season. You've seen that in little chunks and stretches this year. You saw it in the outdoor game for a, a big bulk of it. You saw it in the first period against Van. You saw it in the second game against Van, the one against Winnipeg. Like, go through the season, and there's certainly parts that you could, if you could, like, sort of, you know, pick little parts of each game and drop them into one complete 60-minute effort, it's there. They just haven't done it. and. I think they can get there, but I think the reality of the NHL is that you've kind of got 
not eight, nine games to get there and, and start to figure it out and trend it the right direction because you kind of need to hit the midway point at least at 500. And I think they're eminently capable of that. And if they can do that, then they should have no problem making the playoffs. Just quickly to wrap this up, because you mentioned Ken Holland being a patient GM. And I know the expectation or whatever, a lot of people expect this to be his last season, then off to retirement or whatever. Even though he is a patient GM, he's not going to go down with a bat on his shoulders, right? Like, I mean, he's not going to sit there and just be like, ah, well, too late now. Like, I he should make a big move at some point. Yeah, I mean, look, he... I don't think he needed to be cajoled into thinking that um, they needed some kind of change after the loss the other night in van. Um, I think he knew waking up that something had to be, had to be done. And this was the sort of easiest solution on the list, which it's the first box you check off to try on your, you know, if you're thinking of a pilot checklist, and they've got the emergency list. Um, I don't know the exact order of things. I think they're hoping that they don't have to go further down and we'll see how this next week goes. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been a very down edition of your uh, of your segment on the show. We're all very gloomed out. So uh, Danger Suede wants me to lighten the mood. And before we let you go, ask you the hypothetical we chewed on the other day. If you were the man whose job it is to be Hunter the Lynx, would you bring it up on first dates or would you wait a few? I'm definitely bringing it up on the first date. Yeah, and I'm definitely saying. bringing that costume over for a little role play <laughs> sesh. Wash it You're first. Done. Bye-bye, Frank. Hey, look, uh, mascots, you. I've learned, are dangerous gropers. So we'll, uh, <laughs> just keep an eye on them. They're all, they're, you never know who's behind the mask. You never do. Frank could be gritty for all we know. Um, We kept you longer than we (laughs) usually do, Frank. Thanks for doing this. See you guys. See you, Frank. That's about how I expected that one to end. Frank Zervalli on the Star Mechanical guest line. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. 
That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Uh, Liam, after hearing him kind of say like, you know, Bennington, maybe not worth it. Carter Hart, the Hockey Canada thing. You, you can't get a guy if you don't know about that because, I mean, it would be very Oilers to bring him in then he's suspended for the rest of the year. So I, I don't know if there's a slam dunk deal out there. I, I think this might be an instance where Stu and our new pal Cal Picard got to figure this thing out. Yeah, I and I think it's a bit obvious in a way that maybe nobody's out there at the moment. Like, good teams shouldn't be in this situation early on in the season, desperate to acquire a, a who, whatever it may be. In the other case, as a goaltender, of course, like teams just want to like what they have at the moment. It's difficult for the Oilers to to make any moves. Like maybe. Maybe a month or two from now, we could see something. But I think these names are just kind of getting, seems like they're just getting thrown around for, you know, a little bit of conversation. But hey, if the others can somehow pull off a Bennington and he, do you know what? The more I think about it, he's like the only one I would have any kind of interest in. Jake Allen, like, what's he been? Like, Jake Allen has been yeah. Mr. Inconsistent too. Like, Carter Hart, like, great goaltender, don't get me wrong. But if there's Hockey Canada stuff, like, we just, there's just so much uncertainty around it. The others can't run that risk. Who else is even on the list? I don't know. Like, Vimalka's not going anywhere. You see Soros. We were told a couple of weeks on this show that they have no interest in moving him, and they're going to try and make an extension for him. So, Bennington would be the only one I would have any kind of interest in. And he's a bit, yeah, of, I- a bit crazy, too, which might be a good thing for this team. I, I just think that's a tough guy to commit to. He's had struggles himself. Um, Dry in the YouTube chat says, stop saying his name. Uh, I think I think if you're going to go make that kind of a swing, like going to San Jose and just unloading the assets, get Blackwood and more importantly, get out from the Campbell deal. I think there's just as much upside in that as there is in a hypothetical Jordan Bennington trade. And you're not bringing in a guy with a massive contract. Like Bennington's contract is substantial. And I think that would be hard to do. The other side of this, not that I think he would actually do it, but you know, Jack Campbell, he does have a 10 team no trade list. So if he if he yeah. doesn't want to go anywhere, if he says, No, I signed to play in Edmonton, I think it'd be very easy for him to when the time comes, go uh Santa, like just go through the league and be like, these are 10 teams that could potentially acquire me. I'm not going there, you know. Yeah, he, he has every block. right to do that. Yeah, like I, uh, I wouldn't blame him for block, blocking that one, San Jose. But also, maybe hypothetically, might be a good thing for him to be in San Jose, a place where nobody watches games. Not even people in San Jose go watch the San Jose Sharks right now. So, yeah. hopefully, no one's watching too much in San Jose on Thursday either. Uh, OJ says, "Why is Blackwood an upgrade? I don't understand. Because quite literally, anyone would be an upgrade. It's just a matter of." It, what level of upgrade is worth paying the price, right? Uh, someone brought up Connor Ingram. I mean, yeah, that's a guy who's popped up on waivers at different points and, and put and has put together a good year and a bit in Arizona, which brings me to my next point, Liam. Like, maybe we need to give Cal Pickard an actual shot here. This is a guy who's played NHL games before. He has tremendous numbers in the American League. And like I joked about on Oilers Nation Radio yesterday, the puck's the same size, you know? <laughs> Granted, you're not you, facing NHL shooters. I know I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek, but like, yeah. if this dude can come in and stop the puck and give you a 900 save percentage on most nights, he's going to stay here all year. Well, do you start him on Thursday? 
He is the hottest goaltender in the organization right now. Do you give him the chance to prove himself on Thursday when Stuart Skinner, by all accounts, has, has not yep. earned the crease? He's not earned the opportunity. Yep. I, I think Skinner's mm-hmm. obviously the guy. Yeah. But maybe Picard's the guy right now. Crazy. So talk. I yeah. totally he, he's he's not Mr. Right, but he's Mr. Right now, is is what you're saying. Um, <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> I here's the here's the damned if you do, damned if you don't thing. Is there a matchup that is potentially easier than the San Jose Sharks on your schedule if you wanted to give Picard a Pickard a game? No, not no. even close. This team is flaming hot garbage. But is there a better game for you to get Stuart Skinner's confidence back under him? Also, no. Yeah, I it's is the both answers are right. I think uh, yeah. and Brent put in the chat that yesterday we said Picard wasn't ready. Like maybe he's not ready. Like we don't. We honestly have no idea. Like I know that's terrible for us to say because we're the host of this show. But like, there's just so many question marks with this team at the moment that it doesn't matter who's going in goal. They just need to make a save. It could be anyone. It could be Tyler or I. Just make a stop when the team needs it. Because we said it when they played Vancouver the other day. Thatcher Demko is essentially the reason Vancouver won that game. If we really want to think about it, made numerous saves at the start of the game. The others could have been up 3 nothing before Vancouver even got a shot. But instead, it was one nothing. Vancouver got three or four opportunities, and the puck was in the back of the net. The Oilers need a save, and if Cal Pickett is that guy who can do it, then he, he should play him right now. Maybe it seems like he is. Yeah. Uh, the Oilers have new line combos at practice. We'll get to those, and they're brought to you by... Alberta Blue Cross. There's only one thing better than sharing memories. It's making new ones. And when you go and travel, you need the best travel insurance. Alberta Blue Cross does exactly that. Visit ab.bluecross.ca slash travel for more info. And this is also a reminder, Liam, that you can join us in Arizona. You want to make some memories? Come on the next nation vacation, February 18th to 20th. We are going to Seattle this weekend as uh, with another nation vacation. I guarantee you people are going to see the fun we have in Seattle. We'll be watching an Oilers win, going to the Aqua concert, well, some of us at least, um, going to a football game as well. People are going to see that. And Monday, people are going to start buying this nation vacation of Phoenix. So don't miss out. February 18th to 20th, nationgear.ca for more information. Mm -hmm. The new look Lions have people somewhat excited, Liam. Top line. First off, they're going with the spine. If you're new here, the spine is the approach of Connor, Leon, and Nuge all on different lines. An interesting approach that could spread out the depth going up against a Sharks team. That is flaming hot garbage. Uh, top One line. Game win streak. Yeah, well, sure. Connor McDavid <laughs> with Ryan McLeod and Zach Hyman. What do you make of Ryan McLeod getting the bump up? He is a player I've been incredibly frustrated with this season because. We've seen him be a good hockey player before. We've seen him score 11 goals in 58 games, 18 goal pace in a season. Whatever he looks like right now is not that. Sorry, you said he's on the wing with Connor McDavid, correct? And Hyman? Yep. Last game, you know what? To his credit, I noticed McLeod for the first time in a while. He had a buzz to him. He he had a great opportunity. Good save by Thatcher Demko. Crazy when goalies do that. Um, Maybe that's what he can be. I, I've i said it before. I don't think he's a third-line centerman. Don't think he's good enough. But he has at least a speed to play with McDavid. And if he can just yeah. find a bit of touch in his game, I don't mind it. And at this point, anyone can get a promotion because nothing's working. So why not give it McLeod the opportunity? And this trio, it is worth noting, they did play nine minutes and 58 seconds together against the Vancouver Canucks at five-on-five, five, and the shots were nine-to-five in that span. The new-look second line, 
is Leon Dreisaitl with Warren Fogle and Dylan Holloway. I dig this for a couple of reasons. Warren Fogle has been your most competitive winger on a consistent basis this year. I don't think that's a stretch to say. And what are you doing with Leon Dreisaitl? Putting two guys that are absolute burners. They skate well. Dreisaitl works well with McDavid because McDavid skates well and pushes the pace. This trio, a couple of guys who are going to forecheck hard and push the other team down low, that's going to create space for Leon Dreisaitl. I like this trio. Was Fogel the other player on that uh, that wing when they scored the other night against Vancouver? Yes. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. You know, I like that line. And if I'm remembering correctly, too, when Holloway had a very good preseason last year, he was playing a lot with Leon Dreisaitl. I feel like we've seen success there. And Fogel, to his credit, I completely agree with you, Tyler. He, he's been the most consistent forward this season. He should be in the top six every night. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's deserved it. Uh, third line, they're keeping Nuge, Kane, and Gagne together as a trio. I mean, every Oilers forward line outshot the Canucks at five on five last game for the most part, um, with the exception of this group. They were outshot three to one in four minutes and 24 seconds. So I, I still like it. I, I don't think this is bad at all. Um, they should get some pretty sheltered minutes. Evander Kane can be the play driver. Sam Gagne has been a dog on the four check. This third line, like again, I like the construction of this top nine as a whole. Yeah, I like it too. Two players with a bit of attitude on uh, on Ryan Nugent Hopkins' wings. Maybe that can give Nugent a bit of a spark here as well. Yeah. And something to consider, Evander Kane revenge game. Big time one, two for him. So maybe that's something here. Evander Kane, much like Fogel, has probably been the most consistent forward. Yeah. But, and also we have, we've seen him not show up to games this season, which is... Just why this team is at, I suppose. Yeah, OJ says, I know Bob put the lines out, but what if Drysaddle's actually the third? If Drysaddle's actually the third line is his question. I think you're, it's a top nine is really what it is. Yeah. Like obviously the Connor McDavid line is the top line, but like the rest of that group, they're all going to play minutes based on how well they produce and how well they're rolling. Um, the fourth line is clearly a fourth line. It's James Hamblin with Derek Ryan and Raphael Lavoie, which leads you to believe that we will not be getting Connor Brown's return to action in this hockey game. Um, I don't know. This trio is going to play like three minutes, two minutes together. Like I'm not reading into it. No, which is, which is a shame. They should be able to play a little bit more. We'll see Hamlin a bit on the penalty kill. Lavoie. You know what? It's all determined on how this team comes out and plays that first period. They get a few goals in that first period. San Jose is not coming back. That'll give those kids a chance and, and Derek Ryan an opportunity to go out and play it and showcase what they can do because we saw a glimpse of what Lavoie was capable of early in that Vancouver game. And unfortunately, there was nothing else left for him to give because there was no opportunity for him because the Oilers were down in the game. So hopefully we can see those guys because I do think it's a decent line when they're able to play. Yeah. Uh, D pairings, Nurse, CC, Ekholm, Bouchard, Kulak, Deharnay. Nothing to read into there. I... I know people are frustrated with Bouchard. They want to see him stapled to the bench, but like you're not giving Vinny DeHarnay those minutes. You can't. No, you can. Do you, I'm going to say this, and this is not me saying this should happen. I'm just curious. Do you think there's a point in the season where Vinny isn't on the Oilers and he's in Bakersfield? Or do you think his contract is just too valuable for him to go through waivers? Yeah, you can't risk him through waivers. Someone will claim him. God, GMs yeah. love those kind of guys, right? And he's so cheap. Yeah. Toronto wanted him for Lafferty. So that right there, like the Leafs would probably true. step up and claim him, right? So no, I don't yeah, think Yeah, so there's can. clearly yeah. some value. Yeah, 
Scotty R says, bring up Gleason, send down DeHarnay. I would send down Hamlin and bring up Gleason and run 11 and 7. I don't even hate that idea either. Gleason was good in the preseason, could maybe help out the blue line, could maybe put you in a spot where you could ease minutes on Boosh, but it's not, you're not waving DeHarnay in that scenario. I think that would be a very foolish thing to do as an organization. Uh, Skinner was in the starters net because they had an e-bug from UBC up with them. So I would imagine it's just a, uh, I would imagine it's just a matter of time until Picard can get up with the club. He'll probably skate tomorrow. But this, the fact that he didn't skate with the team today, that tells me Skinner starts tomorrow. Why is Picard not here? Seems weird. Know. Seems very strange that we're, we're here at the moment and no Calvin Picard. Like San Jose and Bakersfield, I believe, is relatively close. It's both in California. That's about as much as geography I, as I know in this situation. But weird stuff. I wonder if maybe it's not Picard. What if it's Rodrigue? You know, I know mm-hmm. the speculation is obviously Picard, but this just seems odd. I'm sure at the end of the day, it will be Picard that gets called up, but interesting. Yeah. Um, I guess you're right. We haven't heard anything official. The assumption, the insider talk has been that it's Picard and, and that they don't want to rush Rodrigue into this situation. So um, Scotty says, Tyler, thanks. I didn't think we had to wave Vinny. Yeah, um, they would have to wave Vinny. Uh, they had to wave Nima Linen. The only defenseman, just for future reference, for people who may be wondering, the only defenseman on the Oilers that is waiver exempt is, is Broberg. Um, and obviously like other guys like Hoffenmeyer and Max Warner, who apparently has been playing good down there. Helium. Max Warner. Yeah. It sounds like yeah. uh, they've been doing well. I believe the whole blue line has been relatively good, which is what mm-hmm. has helped these two goaltenders do well down there. Yep. Uh, someone Renee was in the Facebook chat and said, Nuge needs to be with McDavid Fogel and McLeod are third line players that need to be on the third line. Horrible line combos. No, uh, I don't agree with that at all. Like, yeah. Fogel can't finish a breakaway. That's the bit. It's a hilarious bit, but eventually those start going in. I, I do believe that. Like at some point you start scoring. Um, so yeah, Tony Brar says the goalie transaction is still waiting to be completed from Scotty. Okay. So whatever, it might even be a cap thing, right? Like you don't want to bring them up yet or some shit. They had to wait for Campbell to clear as well. So yeah, I suppose just interesting. Yep. Heading back to the Finning Cat YouTube chat. Isaac says Rodrigue has been good. Yeah, I agree with that because someone said Rodrigue is garbage. Um, yeah, he's, he's definitely not. Uh, Tyler Mulek, in response to the line combo, says he would swap Lavoie and McLeod, give Lavoie some time in front of the net with Hyman. Yeah, I just think they're hesitant with Lavoie. We know Woodcroft's like that. So while I agree with you, like it would be an interesting experiment. You got to remember Jay Woodcroft's kind of coaching for his job here, which is you could argue that's a mistake that they should give him some sense of security here. Um, But that's the reality of a situation. He probably hasn't gotten that and he needs to go with guys. He can trust a little bit. He thinks he can trust McLeod more. I I get it. I I get it. Um, Riley says with our needs in net and on the blue line, I can't imagine Broberg is long for this team. The only issue is I don't know what kind of value Broberg would have, right? Yeah, the the value would be his age, I guess you could say, and his contract still. But yeah, his ability on the ice hasn't really shone, has it? And when, unfortunately, he's tried to make plays like he did against Dallas, it results in a goal against. It's kind of an unfortunate situation Fogel has, uh, has found himself in. Shall we? Uh, no, it's okay. it's okay. No, come on. Come on. Is it fun? <laughs> 
Well, I would like to play my game if we have time, but also this I just want to address this dry sidle stuff. I, I you said it yesterday, Tyler, and I don't know if I agree not to, but people have brought it up like I don't think this team team can be in a position to move on from a player like Leon Dreisaitl. I'm not saying you're the one starting this, of course, but like it's been on Twitter a lot the last couple of days. Like Dreisaitl for me is just part of the solution here and isn't a guy you can can move away from no matter what the King's ransom would be to get him to get him return. I agree. I think at 8.5 million, it, it's just too good of a contract to, to be moving on from. So um, yeah, I, I don't see it. Uh, mm-hmm. Questions about does, Dustin Schwartz, the goalie coach too. Okay. Like, come on people. They're not doing that in the middle of the season in all likelihood. I, maybe they would. They're not losing games because of Dustin Schwartz right now. Let's be real. Let's be real. Come on. We're also like, can we just be done with it? Like <laughs> card will come up him and Skinner, like Stuart Skinner was an all-star as a rookie last year. Why don't you give Dustin Schwartz credit for that? I agree that it's probably time to make a move there just because it's been a decade of this stuff and and the goalies haven't been great in Edmonton, so sure, but I don't know about that. Ooh, do we have a graphic? Do we have a little Oilers goalie graphic? This is uh, Olivier Rodrigue's numbers and Stuart Skinner's numbers from Bakersfield when Skinner was in Bakersfield. Just I thought this would be a nice little comparison I did yesterday. So this is Stu's last year in Baco and Rodrigue's numbers right now? So this is Rodrigue's numbers from last season and this season combined. Granted, he's played like two games this season, so they're a little bit skewed more in favor of him, but still impressive. And when you look at uh, Stuart Skinner there too, that was his last full season in Bakersfield. Rodrigue looks a little bit better. I don't know if if Rodrigue's the answer by any means, but they took a chance on Skinner a while ago and uh, it paid off. Maybe eventually Rodrigue's a guy you need to take the opportunity with as well. These are impressive numbers. Picard's numbers are good too, though, to be fair. Yes, there's yes, five shutouts for Stu, though, in those 35 games and a, and a 920 true. save percentage. Kind of kind of a weird little stat there, to be honest, considering Rodriguez a 940. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move along, Leon. Let's play your game. We do it every Wednesday now on the show. It was a hit in the chat, and it is brought to you today by Wendy's and the game up at Daily Faceoff. No picks Today up at the site, but it returns tomorrow with a full slate. As uh, if you're still in, I'm out. I can't play anymore. I've been eliminated. But if you still are, you're trying to win some prizes from Wendy's. Shout out to Wendy's and the all new barbecue bacon cheeseburger. Liam, let's dig mm-hmm. into the game. Let's dig into it. Okay. So the first one, again, just uh, for people who missed this last week, these players do not go further back than 2000. So it's between 2000 and today. Want to keep it relevant. So the first one, Tyler. I was drafted by the Minnesota Wild in 2004. I played 334 games in the NHL, but never for the Wild. I spent five seasons in Edmonton playing 247 games. I actually have five clues for this one, but I'm going to save one. This is the last one you'll get. Once I left Edmonton, I went to Europe and played the final four years of my career, and I played against Edmonton once in an exhibition game. Drafted by Mini, never played for Mini. Yes. 500 and some NHL games. Uh, 334 oh. NHL games in five seasons. 300. So 334 so. games, but never for the Wild. 247 yeah. with Edmonton over five seasons. And then after Edmonton, he was straight to Europe and never came back. Never came back. Hmm. 
trying to think of depth players that would have been drafted way back in 04 who come to Edmonton and then leave. There's a defenseman I'm thinking of, but he had stops after Edmonton. So it's not him. Nick Schultz popped into my head, but he played games for the Minnesota Wild. So it's not mm-hmm. Nick Schultz. Um, Let me know if uh, you want your final clue. Yeah, give me the final clue here. My hair was just as famous as I was. Is it Ryan Jones? It is Ryan Jones. Hey, there we go. Now, oh, hey, Aaron, Aaron, did you have it? Just, just as that was going down right there. I was thinking the hair really gave it away, but right around that time frame. Good on you, Tyler. You got it quicker than I did, though. Uh, Lance <laughs> Kane was the first one in the YouTube chat yeah. to get it. So shout out to Lance. Desi got it over on Facebook. And now a bunch of Michael says, Google says Ryan Jones. Yeah, but can't Google your <laughs> cheater. Uh, all right. So was that the easy one? That was uh, they're both kind of mediums today, I would okay. say. Um. Okay, so this this one is definitely a little bit harder, but it's a it's a fun one. You might be able to get it with the second clue I give you. Okay, yeah. you ready? Okay, yeah. here we go, everybody. I was a former first round pick in two thousand and five. I was born in Tokyo, Japan. I know it. I only <laughs> I only played thirty one games for the Oilers after being traded to that team. I thought this might be the easy one. <laughs> go on. I, I want to give the chat a few minutes, but I know it. I know who it is already, so I'm locked in. I want to see who the first person to get it in the chat is, because if you're a fan of like niche stats yeah. and niche history facts, he's the first. He was the first Japanese-born player or player born in Japan to score a goal in the NHL, and I think he was over there because his dad was playing professional hockey. I believe it was something like a. His name is definitely not Japanese. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Hey, what year was he was he drafted in? 05 in the first round? 2005, 15th overall. Okay. So there are a bunch of you guessing Kyler Yamamoto. That is not correct. <laughs> Kyler Yamamoto was born in like 2002. He was not drafted in 05. Um, I'll give you only one played more. 31 games. Come on. Someone else has to know this in the chat. I'll give you one more clue. Oh, oh Brett got it. Okay. The final oh, clue was... Uh, I was traded to the team from the Islanders for a player with the same first name as me. He was a part of the Ryan Smith deal. Russell uh, is the Russell. first non-Oilers Nation staff member to uh, to get it. It was Ryan go. O'Mara, yeah. the first Jap- player born in Japan to score a goal in the NHL. There you go. I thought I thought that second clue was going to be a bit too much of a giveaway, but it was uh, it clearly clearly only to someone like you, Tyler. The chat was not was not into that one. Thirty one. You only wow. played thirty three games in the NHL, which is kind of crazy. Uh, someone said born in Seattle. Yeah, I think Yamamoto was. Um, wasn't that Australian kid also played in Japan? Uh, you're thinking of Nathan Walker, I believe. Dry. Nathan Walker's name you're thinking of. All right, before we wrap up the show today, let's get to the menu. It's delivered by DoorDash. Make DoorDash your holiday hack over the next five, six weeks here. Whatever you need, DoorDash has got it. Groceries and more delivered right to your door. And for a limited time, for a limited time, our viewers, our Canadian viewers, can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and use that promo code up in the corner on top of Liam. Liam, point up. Nation 25, all caps on Nation. Um, shout out to Glenn Stadnick watching on Facebook who says, Utaka Fukafuji. 
Um, I remember him. I have a Yutaka <laughs> Fugafuji rookie card. He was the first Japanese-born goalie in NHL history as well. Um, there we go. Fun game. Next week, Liam, I'm, pr- I'm raising my hand. I'm promising prizes next week when we play this game. Okay? Yes. Yes. Sorry. We will, uh, we'll get it's something in. Up. So play along. Yeah, play, play along. along. We slipped up this week. Fun game every don't, Wednesday. Don't worry. I have kept note of everyone who has won so far. So we have yep. News Lover, uh, Fico, Lance, and uh, Russell are our four winners so far. We will get something for you guys. All right. Uh, the menu tonight for DoorDash, quiet, quiet night in the NHL, Liam. Uh, but there is like that Ottawa-Toronto game. It's at five o'clock mountain. That'll be a good hockey game. Also, Kings-Golden Knights, like Wednesdays, they like to do nationally televised games. There's a couple good matchups here. Yeah, well done, NHL. This is a great a great Wednesday for how little uh, games there are. But yeah, I think I'll, uh, I think I'll settle in and watch uh, a couple of games tonight as I'm watching the Crusaders take on the old Grizzlies. Big game all around. How are the crew doing? We are currently 15 and four, I think. 15 and five. Shout out to Eric Roos, who just committed to uh, Cornell yesterday. So Edmonton Oilers, if you're looking for a goaltender, I would recommend taking a chance on him in the draft this upcoming summer. All right. Uh, handshake line <laughs> respect is in on YouTube. Where do you guys buy your jerseys from? Sports Closet and sportscloset.ca. If you're in the Edmonton area, they have stores at the St. Albert Mall, Kingsway Mall, and Sherwood Park Mall. But sportscloset.ca is a fantastic way to browse their fantastic mm-hmm. selection. Yourself, that's where I got my Nuge jersey from. Pretty sweet. I got this one too. Pretty sweet. I, I, um, I, I went to the mall yesterday, Tyler. You know I like going to the mall, get my ice creams and all that kind of stuff. Uh, field and, phone uh, calls. <laughs> yeah, field phone calls. <laughs> I, went to, I walked past Sports Closet mall, uh, in the mall, and they still have Heritage Classic jerseys if you'd like to go nice. and grab one. And some uh, Oilers Nation gear too, if you ever need any of that good stuff. To, for context to that, Liam can't get cell reception at his house or at our office. So whenever he has a big phone call, he just leaves and says, I need to go to the mall. And he goes to Sherwood Park Mall, the field is business. <laughs> yeah, great reception at the Sherwood Park Mall. If anyone needs to, uh, he's going through the same troubles as me. Don't be afraid to go to the mall. Go to the mall, see Liam. Why not? Uh, Kate. <laughs> Betway bets of the night. I got two that I like courtesy of Betway Liam 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Ottawa, Toronto, smash the over. Smash it. That, that'll be high yeah. scoring. They'll get going. Yeah, I, I like that one a lot. I do yeah. you know what? What are the what are the odds on LA to win tonight, Tyler? I'm sure you've got it up there. I don't have it up there because the only no. other bet I wanted was the William Nylander shot prop. Uh, which is set at three and a half. He's hit it in five of his last six games, I believe. Um, even in the games he's missing, he's missing by one. So he's generating a ton of shot volume. And the Kings are plus 110. Kings are plus 110. I kind of like that. I don't know. I just got a weird feeling about the Kings tonight. I feel like uh, they've got a good opportunity against a slump in Vegas Golden Knights. What the last one Fair. game? Yeah. <laughs> One game to the Ducks. But maybe they're due for a couple more. They're not yeah. going to win an 11 out of every 13 all year. We right? hope. <laughs> All right. Um, giddy up. What we got tomorrow tomorrow? The, tomorrow's a Sherwood Ford Giant game day edition of the show brought to you by not only Sherwood Ford the Giant, but Sherwood Power Sports and Marine. You remember Free Spirit Power or Free Spirit Marine and Power Sports. They've been around since 1985. They're teaming up with our friends at Sherwood Ford to bring you Sherwood Power 
Sports and Marine. It is opening February 2024 out in Sherwood Park. So whether you need fishing boats, pontoon boats, ATVs, side-by-sides, or motorcycles, you best believe they will have it all at Sherwood Power Sports and Marine. Love working with them and Sherwood Ford the Giant. We're going to be on location one show next week as well, Liam. We're going to be on, lo- is it the 15th oh. run location at Sherwood Ford? That yeah, sounds next, about next right. Monday. Yeah, perfect. It's nice, nice Giddy for up. me. Giddy up. Uh, good edition of the show today. Um, Frank gave us some good info. Probably not expecting a goalie trade anytime soon, but that the Oilers and Ken Holland will do their due diligence on that front. I think it's a fair way to put it, hey? Yeah, and I mean, I feel like that's what we should have expected anyway in, in, in some regard too. Like Ken Holland, patient GM, like it or hate it. I kind of hate yep. it, but it is what it is, and that's the way, way he rolls the dice, but Big guest tomorrow, right? Still? Yeah, I will double check it and confirm it, but we should be for- joined by former Oilers Zach Cassian tomorrow on the program. Then Friday, it is Luke Gazdick's monthly appearance on the show as well. So a lot going on on Oilers Nation every day, live from the Sports Closet Studio. I'm brought to you by Sherwood Ford, the giant. Giddy up. You won't want to miss it. Every weekday, 12.01 Mountain Time. Tune in, hit the subscribe button on YouTube as well. And I'll have a new article up at Oilers Nation later today. Chat with everybody later. Thank you for watching Oilers Nation every day. Hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. And for more, visit OilersNation.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustoleum. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.